Good morning, Real Life family. I'm back ready with another sermon for you. This one's a little bit different than the last one. Today, I wanted to talk to you about something incredible, something uh, uh, amazing, and that is our Savior. Today, I, I want to focus mostly on our Savior and who we are in Him. Today, if you are at church uh, here in person, you got to see some incredible testimonies from some individuals from Teen Challenge. Teen Challenge is an incredible program here in Michigan where people who have dealt with difficult things in life, whether it be uh, well, mostly addiction and things like that, have overcome those things through the power of Christ. And they come and they share testimonies. They typically sing songs, things like that. And, and they glorify the Father. So today I want to talk about uh, transformation. But ultimately, I want to talk about why our God is worthy of everything, worthy of our praise, worthy of our love, worthy of our sacrifice. So today, I want to talk about that. We have a memory verse today, and that memory verse is from John 8, 36. This is actually Jesus, our Savior, speaking. He says, so if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. And today I want to talk about that a little bit. How do we find freedom in Christ? How do we stop living in our guilt and our shame? How do we see ourselves as Christ sees us? Well, let me, let me start with this first. I want to tell you that he is worthy. That's where we start, is realizing that he is worthy. I'm going to read a lot from Revelation today. And you might be saying, oh, Revelation. Oh, man. Yeah, Revelation is, is, a, is an interesting book. It's the book about the end times. And typically when you hear a preacher preach out of Revelation, you're about to get a fire and brimstone sermon. But I want to give you a sermon of hope today. So Revelation 5, 9. We're going to be mostly reading out, out of Revelation 5. Um, this is referring to Jesus. Then I saw the Lamb looking as if it had been slain. And they sang a new song, you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and every language and people and nation. So we have this image of the lamb who looked like he had been slain, Jesus Christ, who was slain. And they were singing, the angels were singing, that he is worthy to take the scroll and open its seals. The scroll represents God's final plan for us and for this earth. The, the return to glory, the end of all suffering and sin. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals. He will end all of our suffering, all of our shame, all of our sin, all of our guilt. He will remove it from us. So if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed, John 8, 36. For by a single offering, this is from Revelation, I'm sorry, Hebrews 10, 14 through 18. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us. For after saying, this is the covenant I will make with them after those days, declare the Lord. I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. And then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds 
no more. I will remember their sins and lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. There's no longer any offering for sin. I, I love this image. The one who is worthy doesn't remember our sin. He has set us free and he no longer remembers he no longer remembers our sin. So that's the incredible thing. And that's the thing with these testimonies that I love is that no matter how hard we try, no matter what we do, we aren't worthy ourselves. We've actually removed our own worthiness. We've removed our own glory and we've replaced it with sin. And Jesus he bestows that upon us. He, he gives that to us. He gives us his glory. He has paid the price. He no longer remembers our sin. And we have everything now, everything we need. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Psalms 23.1. We have everything we need to live a life of freedom, to live a life of hope, to live a life of prosperity, to live a life fully in Him, to experience life for real for the first time in Him. That's what I love about these testimonies. You'll hear these people from Teen Challenge, and you often hear people who have overcome struggle and oppression and addiction and depression and anxiety, and they'll say, I did everything. I tried everything on my own, and that's my testimony and story. As I did everything, I tried everything on my own, and nothing worked but then I just gave it to God. I didn't try to just be a Christian or didn't just try to come to church or just try to follow all these rules and regulations or try to memorize scripture, but I gave it over to the creator. I gave it over to the lamb that was slain. I gave it over to the one who is worthy and I was set free and he no longer remembers that sin so there is no condemnation anymore because i live in my lord jesus christ so that's the first thing is you need to remember that he is worthy and then you need to repent now repentance doesn't mean what we typically envision we think repent means to confess our sins. We think repent means to feel guilt and shame and be like, I've sinned, I've sinned, I've sinned, but that's not what repentance is. And actually the Greek word from uh, repentance translates to a word uh, that means um, metanoia. That's the Greek word. Metanoia translates to repentance. And that simply means a change of mind. Repentance means to change your mind. When we repent, we aren't necessarily remembering our sin or feeling shame and guilt. We are handing over our thoughts of who we are and what we've done and what we think about ourselves. We're handing those over and aligning ourselves with who he thinks we are. We are saying no longer does the old way work for me, but the new way is what works for me. Following Jesus, we're changing our mind. So we aren't saying I'm that old person. I've done these bad things. I do wrong. We say, I'm a follower of Jesus and he doesn't remember my sin anymore. And he has cleansed me. He sanctified me. He's changed me. And we take our old ways of thinking and we transform them into the new. That's what repentance is. It's saying, 
I was doing this on my own, but Jesus is my Savior. And I'm giving it to him. And Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. It is I, or I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So you need to change your mind about who you are because we can live in this sin and shame and guilt of who we used to be. And I have been there and I have done that and it holds you back. But my friends, it's no longer you. I want you to repent, to change your mind. It's no longer you, but it's Christ who lives in you. And I love this image of when Jesus was being baptized and, and the heavens open up and the dove that represents the Holy Spirit falls upon him and there's a voice from heaven crying out and it says this, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Jesus, the son of God, God said it's his beloved son and he's well pleased. And that means if Christ lives in me and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. God sees you as his beloved child. And he, in you, he is well pleased. If you've accepted him, he, he's the one that lives. It's him. And so you no longer have to stand there condemned. You no longer have to hold on to it. That's where that transformation begins. Change your mind about who you are. But then when you want true transformation, there's another step. You need to tell somebody. Now, we had this whole idea when I was younger in youth group, and I was uh, uh, going through my, my, my early years in my faith, and we had this idea of accountability partners. But the thing about accountability partners is there's kind of this connotation that if you mess up, your, your, your accountability partner is going to hold you accountable. And that has this connotation of they're going to make you feel guilty. Be like, oh, you messed up again. You did wrong. Don't do that again. So here's the thing. The Bible does tell us in James 5, 16, that we are to confess our sins to one another and pray for one another. But it doesn't end there. See, that's where it often ended up when I was younger, talking about accountability partners, telling people about my sin, the things I've done wrong. It was, uh, was, it was kind of a guilt fest. It was, kind of a, it was kind of a time for me to feel shame or for us to feel shame as we confessed our sins. But that's not what it's for because James 5.16 goes on to say that you may be healed. So confess your sins, pray for one another so that you may be healed. That's why we confess our sins. So when I am, am going to somebody and saying, listen, I live with this sin, with this addiction, with this hurt. I've done these things. Or maybe not necessarily that you live with them, but you, you've done these things or that you uh, maybe are living in them. And it's not for that person to, to, to correct you or to chastise you or get after you or make you feel bad, but they may pray for you so that you may be healed. That's what it's for. It's for them to remind you of these things I've been talking about, that he is worthy. 
He has done it all. He has already paid the price. He has broken the seals. And then you can then repent because they will remind you of who you are. That's what that person will do for you. They'll pray over you and remind you that you're a child of God. And that's no longer who you are. And you don't need to live in that anymore. You need to live in the freedom that your Savior offers you. Remember that he loves you and that he said, hey, he dresses the lilies. How much more does he love you? He, he, he cares about the sparrows that fall from the sky that are only worth a few pennies. How much more does he love you? He loves you. And he doesn't look at you and see a sinner. He doesn't look at you and see somebody who does bad. But he looks at you and he sees somebody who's hurting and somebody who's been hurt. And somebody who, 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 who's had hurt and pain and, and sorrow in your life. And he's not going to try to make you feel worse for that. But he's going to try to bring you out of that. And remind you of how much he loves you. And you know, once we get to this point, this is my last point, we need to give him glory because he is on the throne. He is in control. Revelation 5, 6, and I saw the lamb looking as it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne. We need to remember that he has won. He's already fought the battle and he is won. The Bible says that we need to, in Exodus, that we need to just stand there because he fights for us. He has won. Do not weep. See the lion, the tribe of Judah, the root of David has triumphed. He is able. He has saved us in Hebrews 7.25. He's able to save completely those who come to God through him because he will always, or because he always lives to intercede for them. Hebrews 7.25. He has saved you. He is worthy of it all. He is worthy of it all. I think of that song. He's worthy of it all everything we have and he has made us worthy because he lives in us he's worthy of of it all and so friends today i want to pray for you that you remember that he's worthy i want you to remember that i want you to change your mind about who you are and who he is he's not some big man in the sky pointing at you and condemning you, but calling you to freedom and reminding you of how much he loves you. I want you to repent, change your mind of those old thoughts and habits. I want you to tell somebody, don't have an accountability partner, but have somebody who reminds you of who you are and who he is. And I want you to glorify him. So today I'm going to pray. Father, I pray today that you would begin to work in our hearts and our minds, reminding us of who we are. God, I thank you for the transformation in my own heart, in my own mind, and reminding me of who I am, God. And God, that I don't need to stand in my sin and shame anymore. I don't need to remember who I was and say, I've done wrong. I've messed up. I've hurt so many people. I need to keep trying. I need to try harder so that I don't do that again. I, I, I don't want to think like that anymore, Jesus, but I want to remember that you don't even remember, that you've forgotten it all, and that you see somebody else. You see who I really am, and you are calling me into that. And so every day I will look forward, and I will follow you, and I will try every day, and I will remember that you have already won. 
thank you, Jesus, for it all. And today, if you're listening to this, I pray that if you've never realized this before and you've never given yourself over to Christ, that you know this, that he loves you. And he has already paid the price for your sin on that cross. You see, you owed a debt for your sin and your shame, and you stood condemned, and Jesus stepped in, and he said, no, I will take on that debt. That debt was for us to die, to die here on earth spiritually, and to die and never be in eternity with him. There was a price to be paid, and that price needed to be paid in life and blood, and he who'd never sinned paid it with his blood. And so today I pray that you would accept him, his free gift, the price he's already paid. He paid for your sin. He paid for my sin. And he's saying, come home to me. Let me show you who you are. Let me show you. He wants to set you free. So I pray today, Lord Jesus, that you would that you would show up in these people's lives, God. Lord, that they would accept who you are. That they would remember that they are who you say they are. I pray that you would redeem them today. Bring them into you. If that's you today, just accept him. Let them know. Lord, I'll follow you. My friends, we'll work on the rest together. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful week. Hey, it's the Christmas season. Merry Christmas. I can't wait to see you guys again.